welcome to Totalus Rankium. This week, Theodore. Hello, and welcome to Roman Empress Totalus Rankium. Yeah, I am Jamie. <laughs> yes, it is. And, uh, and yes, you are. And I am Rob. And this is episode 156, Theodore. That's a very British-sounding name for a... And, and, and just, just like Theodore, no numbers. It's a brand new name. That's thrown in right at the end there. Um, I think this might be the last new name, now I think about it. Ooh. Ooh, I don't know. I'd have to check. But I'm not going to do that right now. I'm just going to say it confidently. Yes, this is the last new name, Jamie. Wow, nice. Yes, apart from Emperor Derek, but we don't count him. No. He only lasted 42 seconds. So. so here we are, Jamie. Uh, but why? Why are we here? The Emperor's fallen. The Empire's fallen. Everything has fallen. Yeah, they lost something, didn't they? They did lose... They lost everything, Jamie. And it's really small. But didn't it get the built walls, back up a little bit? The walls have fallen. Constantinople is taken. The Roman Empire is dead. Oh, OK. Well, thanks for listening. Um, we <laughs> hope you've enjoyed the series. But, but, wait, 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 wait. Before you turn the podcast off, everyone... There's more. We're kind of in the epilogue period now. Oh, dear. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, uh, do you remember when we did um, just the, the last few emperors of the fall of the West? Yeah, and they're very short and very depressing. Yeah. Um, yeah but we're kind of there. Only this yeah. drags out for a bit longer. <laughs> Excellent. And it's, it's, a, it's a bit more up and down as well. But for now, just know we, we, are, we are down. Everything's really bad. Especially the walls. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, the walls have fallen, they've come in. Uh, one one listener did say, after listening to the last episode, they were surprised we didn't go into more detail about just how bad the sack of the city was, which uh, perhaps is a good point. I mean, this was not an easy, tidy takeover. The city is just almost raised to the ground. It's big fires, everyone's very upset. Yeah, as we saw at the end of the last episode, there was one emperor who decided to stand up and say, enough is enough. It's me, Theodore. No, no, no. I'm oh. talking about Alexios Monobrow. Oh. Um, it's yeah. me, Alexios Monobrow. Yeah, he said enough's enough, and then uh, uh, he was chased out of town and then blinded and then executed. So it uh, turns out enough so. was enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you remember the la- end of the last episode, I said, but who's this riding upon a horse with a steely look in his eye? Jeff? It's a man named Theodore. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yes, in fact, I think you said Jeff last time, uh, if I remember correctly. No, no, not him. No, he's on the horse next to him. <laughs> it's more of a yes. donkey, but yeah. So why are we doing Theodore? How did he become emperor? Is he a Roman emperor? Well, who knows? Who knows? Well, he's obviously very British. He is very British. We start in 1175. Uh, now, we don't actually know when Theodore Lascaris was born, but it was around this time. Oh, so 1175, so we're less than 300 years from... So we've got 300 years of, of torment and decline. Still oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, That's about 50 it's a long emperors. epilogue. <laughs> eh, not quite that many. Some last surprisingly long. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Lascaris. That's his surname. That's his family name. It might be linked to an old Persian word for warrior. So his mm. m- name might be Theodore Warrior. That's a cool name. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Let's hope he lives yeah. up to it, yeah? Well, we'll see. He was born into a wealthy but not particularly important family. I mean, his family were one of the powerful families, uh, but not up there with the likes of the Komnenos and the Dukai family. Uh, He had six brothers 
at least uh, maybe some sisters, but no one bothered to check. Uh, well, maybe they did at the time, but uh, no one wrote it down. Uh, and his, uh, his closest brother seems to be Constantine, or at least those were the two who were the most successful. Right. Constantine pops up again at some point. Uh, but what the family had most of all was links. Links to other powerful families. That's all you need. Well, exactly. I mean, most of the powerful were related to each other in some way, um, but Theodore could claim to be part of the Komnenos family and the Dukas family. Ah, so he, has, he could argue legitimacy. Yeah, exactly. His mother was a, a Komnenai originally, um, and through the marriage of an aunt, he had links to the Dukas family. So, yeah. Hmm. And also, on top of this, the Dukas and the Lascaris families lived very near each other in the bottom left of Anatolia. That's where their, most of their land was based. And apparently were on very friendly terms. It's me, Theodore, from the bottom left. Yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> me too, said the Dukai family. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So, there you go. Just know, powerful family, money, but not not up there. They're one of the, the, the hanger-on families. Okay. But, as you can imagine, due to his family ties, he soon had a very successful career. Obviously, he was just handed a job to begin with. He was given a job in the big city, in Constantinople, as part of the palace guard for the new emperor, Alexios III. Ah, I was really hoping the first thing you would say is that his first job was emperor. No, no, it wasn't quite Great. that cushy. No, no. <laughs> Um, no, he's uh, head of the Palace Guard, or at least head of a regiment of the Palace Guard. He didn't okay. go right to the top immediately. We don't know exactly when this was. Presumably not long after Alexios III blinded his brother Isaac II and then took over, if you remember. Right. So uh, Theodore would have been around 20 years old at this point. Hmm. Uh, just commanding a regiment of Palace Guard, which is nice. Yeah. I'm sure the grizzled Palace Guard love the fact this young tough came in and started ordering them <laughs> about. So, Ben, I would like you to go and clean the showers. You, you're going to guard the front gate. And you, I need you to guard the, the, the Emperor's door. Do you understand? We've been doing this for years. Of course we understand. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to think Theodore said things like, we'll make the best of it or my name's not Theodore. Oh. And say that a lot. And I have some great, um, great getting to know you games. So here's a piece of string. Throw it to each other. <laughs> now, what if you drop the string? See what happens? The net drops. The net drops. Just a load of really annoyed looking guards. Yeah, yeah, just forced into icebreakers all day. Yeah. Oh. But apparently he, he soon started to make his mark uh, because uh, Nikitas, one of our sources for the time, described him as, and I quote, a daring youth and fierce warrior. Okay, high praise. Exactly, you didn't want to mess with him when he was explaining the rules to 20 questions. <laughs> but yeah, he clearly did impress though, because when the sunless emperor, Alexios III, started looking for heirs, he married off his two daughters. The elder daughter was married to a man named Alexios Paleologos. An important name. Remember that surname. Paleo, um, old, Lagos, log, old log, old wood. Old log, yeah, old wood. Alexios Oldwood. Uh, he became the heir. Obviously, he married the older daughter. Hmm. Um, and then the younger daughter, Anna, was married to none other than our Theodore. Oh. That's nice. Um, yeah. Yes, and with this, we now have the last two dynasties in place because the Lascaris Ooh. is the current dynasty we're going to be doing and then the Paleologos is the last dynasty we will be doing. And then that's it. We're done. It wow. all starts here. Anyway, this was a double wedding. It took place roughly in the year 1200 uh, and Theodore would have been in his mid-twenties by this point. And the wedding sound like, sounds like it was a lot of fun. 
because both grooms were big fans of chariot racing. Mm. And if you remember, the palace is connected directly to the Hippodrome, so you can walk directly and watch some chariot racing. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, didn't do that, though. Oh. Alexios 3 said, don't know, that's boring. We always do that. I've got a surprise for you. Puppet show! Not far off. They were led... (laughs) Wow. They were led to a courtyard in the palace. Remember, huge palace complex, multiple buildings. Don't think one building here. It's it's really big. So this massive courtyard. Um, The pipe organ was dragged out, split apart slightly, and they were used as turning points for this small mock... Uh, hippodrome that was built like a mini toy chariot race thing yeah just like a mini circuit in a courtyard okay your face is probably the face of <laughs> uh, <laughs> everyone <laughs> paleologos and theodore probably i imagine yeah it's like, but so emperor when when we said we really enjoyed the chariot racing we kind of assumed we'd be going to you know just pointing over at the massive hippodrome where a chariot the races. are coming yeah <laughs> <laughs> No, no, we're not doing that. No. Yes. Um, Yeah, it was uh, not a serious race that took place. Nor, as far as I can tell, uh, did it use real horses. Uh, (laughs) Apparently, one of the very richest and most powerful advisors in the court dressed up as a bishop riding a horse. As in, like, one of those cartoons you get where you get... Like your bottom half a horse and the top half is like an inflatable bishop. I can only assume it's something like that. In fact, I'll, I'll just quote to you and you can make out what you, you make out. Girding himself with wicker work, which in common speech is called wooden ass, <laughs> covered with a horse cloth made from one piece and adorned with figures and shot with gold, he entered the improvised theatre. It was quite a sight to see him as both magnificent horsemen and neighing and prancing horse. There is nothing, there is nothing magnificent about that. <laughs> he, he does sound like he is like this pantomime yeah. horse thing. He's half horse, half bishop. So what's horse cloth? Is it the cloth he put on a horse or is it cloth made from horse? Oh, good question. I just assumed it was like a, a, a coarse cloth, but maybe it's a cloth a coarse, made of horse. Coarse cloth. No, no, I said horse. Oh. Um, yeah. But, oh, no, that's a very good question. I'm not sure. But it would appear that he made a wicker horse, built it around him, right. dressed himself up as a bishop and pretend to be riding this horse. You can tell this was this guy's dream come true. It's like, I've been wickering for years. <laughs> I can't well, this, wait this to was, This was literally like head eunuch, really rich, very respected advisor. One of, if not the most powerful person in the empire, apart from the emperor himself. And apparently he was having a whale of a time. I bet he was. Yeah, because after this, a whole bunch of gymnasts were brought in to race. And I'm fairly sure, if I've read it correctly, there were no horses here. So is gymnasts pretending to be on horses? I'm guessing they all had these horses. The man who was dressed up as the horse slash bishop then apparently took his costume off and started the race in the traditional way, which was bending down and dropping a cloth. However, much to everyone's amusement, and I'll quote here, a certain noble youth, notable for the lofty rank he held, stood behind the eunuch, and whenever the latter bent over to give the signal for the race to begin, he'd kick him so hard with the flat of his foot on his buttocks that the noise could be heard everywhere. Oh, it's just like a... A silent slapping sound, isn't it? And everyone's just sounding awkwardly. This is this is full on slapstick. This is yeah. like really bad slapstick humor, and you just know 
you just know that Paleologos and Theodora sat there, stony-faced, listening to the cheers of the actual race in the Hippodrome. Great. I'm so glad. (laughs) See a massive cheer. Yeah, I I get the feeling that uh, Alexios III was enjoying himself. He's having a put on a wedding time. for his daughters, uh, but yeah. Oh, they probably left by this point. They're having their cocktails in the in the bar. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's like, oh, dad's doing his weird races again. Uh, but there you go. That's the wedding day. Double wedding. Bit of slapstick. Someone kicking someone in the buttocks whilst they're dressed up as a bishop on a horse. I mean, it's it's, oh. it's funny stuff, Jamie. It's funny, funny stuff. Oh, the larks. <laughs> I bet someone said the word prithy a lot. <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of humour. Um, anyway, a couple of years later, uh, Alexios Paleologos died in unknown circumstances. Maybe just embarrassment after this wedding. <laughs> yeah, it's, it took him years. Took a while to kick here. Yeah, spent the whole time in bed. <laughs> yeah. And he wore a wicker basket. <laughs> just some googly eyes on the front didn't even look like a horse yeah anyway uh this was huge for theodore obviously because he is now the heir mm. as soon as alexios three carks it he's the emperor excellent but that doesn't uh, happen does it well the joy is short-lived because as we have covered around this time the nephew of alexios three escaped prison Hid himself in that half barrel, remember? There was a barrel where yes. he was false bottom. So he hid himself in that and he escaped west. There, he essentially sold the empire to the Phoenicians and the Franks and then said, come on, back to the capital. And as the, the Latin forces approached the capital, if you remember, Alexios III did the brave thing and ran away as quickly as possible. Well, yeah, you would. So quickly, he left his daughter and Theodore behind. I'm just popping out. You say you guard the castle. I'm just going to pop it out just for a minute. Just got a letter to deliver. You know how post is yeah. on a Sunday. <laughs> it's a really important letter. It's, it's, it's to do with the defence of the city. I best go and check. Roger, I say Roger, wait up. <laughs> Carry and me. And he was gone. Yeah. <laughs> he was, he's running out the door, sticking stamps to himself and shouting at Roger. <laughs> just Roger piggybacking him all the way to wherever. Yeah. Yeah, so Alexios III was gone, Theodore's just left in the capital, and uh, we get frustratingly little detail what happens next, but we know that Theodore is arrested, thrown into prison. And then, do you want to know the really exciting, daring story of his escape? Wicker basket. I'm a horse! Nay! Nay! Maybe it was. Uh, but we just don't know. We don't know how he escaped. It's really annoying. We've had a few prison breaks recently. Yeah. Uh, and we've had some good stories, but this yeah. one apparently we don't get. Uh, he just escaped. No, I know what, exactly what it was. He, You know the, the on, like your toilet bucket on his head? Googly eyes. What? You always carry googly eyes with you. You do, because it's the right thing to do. Exactly. On his thing, nay, I'm a horse. I shouldn't be in here, guards. Uh, oh, no, shouldn't be a horse in here. That's stupid. Let's let the horse out. Escape. Especially a horse now who's covered in uh, feces. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Guards didn't want to go near him. Yeah, yeah okay, he dressed himself as a, up as a horse mm. using the toilet bucket, and he escaped. Let's say that. Yeah. I mean, presumably he was helped by the palace guard. That would make sense, wouldn't it? Because remember, he <laughs> used to run the palace guard. I think they gave him useful tips. Keep saying nay! <laughs> yes. Don't take the bucket off! Let's <laughs> figure you out, sir. <laughs> Here are two coconuts. Just keep knocking them together. <laughs> What's yeah. a coconut? Doesn't matter, just knock them together. So there you go, he's, he's escaped, he's out. Hmm. Um, he'd later talk about his escape as if God himself, and I quote here, removed me from prison. And that's about <laughs> all the detail we get. So apparently God came along, did the old 
index finger of destiny point and uh, just pointed at the door. You may go free. Yeah, I, I get the feeling yeah. God's not accepting any responsibility for that. I, I, well, I made I'm... a door appear. He insisted on the bucket. <laughs> <laughs> what could I do? Um, free will. Yeah, anyway, the- Theodore's out. He's free. It's just him and a bucket. Mm. What, what's he going to do? Um, use the bucket to float down a river? Well, think of it this way. The capital is being sieged by the Latin forces, the crusading forces. He was the heir to the throne, and Alexios III, the emperor's, done a runner. So where should he go? Into the Hagia Sophia? Just hide? Oh no, he gets out the city. He oh. gets out the city. Yes, very much so. Just head towards the enemy camps. Like, here I am, let's talk about this. Oh no, because they'd kill him. All right. He's not going to do that. So he's first him back in work. prison. No. Um, does he travel? Does he try and travel somehow through bushes? You know, little branch, just holding a branch, saying, "I'm not here." Um, yeah. And then to Italy to try and petition the head guy. No, no, no. He doesn't do that. Mm. Uh, one sensible answer would have been go and find Alexios three, his father-in-law. Where would he be though? Ah, but well, he was in Thrace apparently. Oh. So okay. that that was one thing he could do, uh, but he decides not to. He was a little bit annoyed with his father-in-law for abandoning him yep. in the capital. It's like, you could have given us the heads up you were doing a runner there, dad-in-law. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so instead, he, he picks up his wife and his three daughters, all of whom were under the age of four, so it's a very young family, and instead of going west, he heads east into Anatolia to where his family's land is, so bottom left again. Oh, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, publicly, he declared that he was working for the rightful emperor, Alexios III, mm-hmm. uh, and he was rallying support to get these heathens out of the capital. Um, but there was a problem. As they reached the major city of the area, Nicaea, the city declared that they did not want him. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Awkward. His His wife and daughters could come in, but not you, Theodore. You need to stay outside. You're too much of a liability. Well, this is it. It's a very smart move from Nicaea. Um, there's a new emperor in Constantinople, and if they let Theodore in, that could be a declaration of their support for Alexios III. Hmm. And if Alexios III won this upcoming civil war, then um, at least we could say we let your daughter and your grandchildren in. Yeah. So, Look yeah. how nice we are. Just, yeah. just not your son-in-law, who you abandoned anyway, so you probably don't like the guy. Hmm. So Theodore, a little bit miffed, to say the least, starts travelling the area trying to find support. Again, in theory, for Alexios III, because he's the heir. That's the uh, name you've got to tout. So makes Yeah, sense. exactly. But in reality, he, he was doing this for himself by this point. He was an angry man, and he was trying to get as powerful as possible. Hmm. Now, by this point, Alexios IV, remember, the, the puppet who sold the empire, and then Alexios V Monobrow had come and gone. They had their two very short reigns. Hmm. Uh, and the Crusaders elected Baldwin to be the new emperor. Baldwin. Baldwin, yes. So Baldwin is now the new Frankish emperor in Constantinople. But we're not doing an episode about him because... Because that is now called the Latin Empire. Oh, Yes. So it has because, fallen completely. Yeah, yeah, the Roman Empire is gone. Oh. No. <laughs> yes, the Latin Empire is now in Constantinople. So, Baldwin's in charge. So are we heading back to Constantinople at all? Well, you'll have to find out, won't you? Well, they're just going to stay in Thrace. 
or wherever. Um, we'll get to that. All right. Anyway, uh, Baldwin declared that Nicaea and the regions around it, so we're talking mostly the left-hand side of Anatolia here, modern-day Turkey, mm-hmm. uh, all of that now belongs to various crusading lords. Yeah. All, all these crusading lords have to do is go over there and take it, and then it's officially yours. Nice. Well, that'll be a nice, easy transition. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This was all that was needed for Theodore's message of resistance to start hitting home in that region. Like everyone living there went... Oh, they are just going to come along and uh, just take us, aren't they? Okay, maybe we should rally behind someone. And this Theodore chap's uh, been talking a lot about resistance. So before long, Nicaea and other major cities of the area recognised him as their leader. Mm. And this is the start of what would become known as the Nicaean Empire. Right. Right, now I'm going to warn you now. Okay. There are going to be a lot of names coming at you (laughs) and a lot of moving parts. Try and keep this clear in your head. (laughs) Okay. We have the Latin Empire being ruled by Baldwin in Constantinople. Yes. They think they're the rightful Roman Empire because they're in Constantinople. Yeah, and they're from Rome? If they're from Latin? They're the, well, they're from France and Venice and yeah, yeah. various places in the West. Is this yeah. part of the Holy Roman Empire? No, 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 no. Oh, oh, what? Okay. No. Yeah, <laughs> it's more complex than that. Uh, the Holy Roman Empire didn't really get involved in this one. Okay. Yeah, uh, this is more Franks and uh, Venetians. Oh, yeah, the rich people. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's the Latin Empire in Constantinople, led by Baldwin. And then you have Theodore who is now the leader of the left part of Anatolia, Mm. that region, but not the very top left, because obviously that's where Constantinople is. Right. So just a region, just just down there. Small village. Well, it's it's bigger than a small village, um, but it's small. I mean, can it count as empire if if you're just in that spot? Uh, Well, that's debatable, but we'll get back into that another time. So two sides, yeah? Yes. Yeah, okay. I'm starting easy because this gets complex. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Okay. Um, Baldwin's not happy by the fact that all these cities around Nicaea are saying, no, we're going to rule ourselves. How dare you Westerns come over here and tell us what to do? So Baldwin turns to a French lord called Peter, or Bidir. Peter, you've got the Nicaea region. Just go over there and take it, will you? So, Peter came into the region with a large number of forces. He walked through, essentially, several towns, treating them very well. Ooh. And word soon spread, if you give in to the Latin forces, it's okay. They're, They're nice. not evil tyrants. Yeah. They're nice. It's fine. Just give in. I mean, we have to Just start teaching in. Latin in schools. So the children yeah. annoyed, but everyone else? Yeah. <laughs> right. It's all Greek to me, they'd say. Uh, which just didn't work, because no. they all knew Greek. Yeah. Um, Theodore realised his dreams of being the emperor could die before they started. I mean, if, unless they can stop this immediately, that's it. He's going to be wiped out. So he sets off to fight Peter, but it was no contest. The Latin forces drove off Theodore's troops almost immediately. <laughs> just looked at them. Yeah, pretty much. It was not good. Uh, And then this was followed by more bad news a couple of months later when the brother of Baldwin, a man named Henry, defeated the brother of Theodore, Constantine. If you remember, I told you about Constantine as well. Mm. So he's still knocking around. Yeah, this was a crushing defeat. So that is two battles taking place. The Latins win both of them. Uh, Theodore is really close to just toppling here. Yeah. Uh, that support he managed to drum up starts to just erode away. It's very clear he's not going to last much longer. So who is in charge then? Like, is he just trying to gain 
back a semblance of power? Or is he still going, I'm still fighting for Alexios 3? Or are we way past that now? <laughs> sort of. In theory, he's still using the name, but everyone knows it's now just him. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into it a bit later. Uh, because I tried to split up to make it clearer, but just so you know, Alexios III's been captured and imprisoned by this point. So he's he's taken off the board. And so he... it is Theodore yeah. playing for himself now. And he's losing. The Crusading Latin forces are better trained, better equipped. They were more numerous. It's just, it's going to fall apart. But then, due to sheer luck, Theodore was saved. The Latins were about to deliver a crushing blow when the Bulgars... Mm suddenly seeing their chance, decided to invade the Empire. It's like the Empire seems to be split into several factions all of a sudden, Brilliant. and the capital is being occupied by forces from the West. I think it's about time we go in and start taking some stuff, say the Bulgars. So they go in, and obviously the bit closest to them is the Latin-held part. Uh-huh. Yes, <laughs> so Baldwin was forced to recall his brother, and uh, and together they went off to go and fight the Bulgars. Theodore was able to breathe easily. A bit of a respite. He's not going to be destroyed just yet. <laughs> so, he's catching his breath. He's trying to figure out what's going on. So let's take a little look about the political landscape whilst Theodore is uh, resting, shall we? So, two states, yeah? Yep. Right, I'm now going to actually tell you it's four. Oh. But we already know two, so it's fine. We've got the Latin state... Yeah? Yep. And that is Constantinople, the area surrounding it, plus most of Greece. So right. it's a good chunky bit. Most of Thrace, that area. So, like I say, ruled by Baldwin. A new crusader ruled Roman East. Seen as legitimate by the West, by the way. So the West see that as the new Roman Empire. Right, then the second empire to form is a new one. This is on the north coast of Anatolia. So the top of Anatolia on the coast of the Black Sea. Right. This was where a grandson of Andronicus Komnenos had declared himself emperor. His name was David Komnenos. And this became known as the Trebizond Empire, because it was in the Trebizond region. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I feel like the the Nicene and Trebizond Empire is slightly too grandiose for what they actually are, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. You could definitely argue that. Yeah. Yeah. But they are too... Roman Greek empires that arguably should be working together here, but no, they are just going to fight amongst themselves. Uh, talking of Roman Greek empires that should be working together, not all of Greece was under the Latin Empire because the very left of Greece that was a small region that came under the control of a member of the Ducas family, and this was known as Epirus. Not the Epirus Empire, just Epirus. It was small. It's the weaker one of the four. Um, so this region of the Balkan Peninsula was holding against the Latins. No, no, we're, the Duke's family are staying here. So that's Latins, Constantinople, that is Trebizond and the Komnenos family at the top of Anatolia, and the Ducas in the Epirus region, in the left of Greece. Got it. And then finally, we have the land that Theodore is in. This, the main city was Nicaea, so this is the Nicaean Empire. Uh, like I say, left of Anatolia, but not top left, because that is controlled by the Latins. Right. They also do not have any coastal um, regions connecting to the Black Sea, because the Trebizond Empire has that. Mm. So that's going to be a bit of a problem in the future, because having access to the Black Sea is obviously important. Mm. Right, good. So is that clear? Four different regions. Got it. But that's not all. <laughs> There's a fifth one. <laughs> well, a potential fifth state was emerging. <laughs> Because there was a man named Manuel. 
<gasps> Manuel. Oh, yeah. This was the grandson of the Emperor Manuel. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. And this Manuel is attempting to build support for his claim to the throne. Uh, and this was uh, just to the south of Theodore. So essentially, this is in Theodore's Nicene Empire. And uh, someone's trying to carve out a fifth claimant. Right. So when you um, say Manuel now, I have a clear picture in my head um, from Star Trek. I'm just trying to remember his name. I literally can't remember his Manuel? name. Manuel? No. Uh, Christabel Rios in, in, in a Star Trek series now. He's a, uh, yeah, he's very, he smokes cigars, very chilled what's out. It, what's his name? Uh, Christabel Rios or Captain Rios. He's played by Santiago Cabrera, who is Chilean, but just, just looking at him, that's that's him. And that's Star Trek, is that? Star Trek Picard, if you want to narrow it down. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Um, yeah. You're right. That's Manuel. Yeah, it is. That is definitely Manuel. That's Manuel. Yeah, anyway, so, um, <laughs> yeah, Google that if you're, uh, if you're listening. That's Manuel. So, right, so that is four states. Latin's Constantinople, Trebizons in North Anatolia, mm-hmm. Epirus, left of Greece, Nicaeans. Led by Theodore, left of Anatolia. Yes. And then Manuel in the Nicene Empire carving out his own. Yeah. Sorted? Yep. Clear? Easy. Good, because that's not all. <laughs> oh, sixth empire. <laughs> well, uh, let's not forget the neighbours, because obviously the rest of Anatolia was being held by the Sultanate of Rum at this time. So, yeah, that's as in Rome, Rum the Saljuk Turks, who had settled in the region, remember, and pretty much taken the region. Uh, and this was currently being controlled by a man named Arsene, so Lion, basically. That, yeah, I um, remember that name. Yeah, yeah, so a name that we've come across before, but obviously different Arsene this time. Right, and then also above Greece, modern-day Greece, the Balkan area, uh, that's held by various factions, and I'm just not going to go into it, but the Bulgars <laughs> were the most prominent one there. Yeah. So, yeah, the two powerful neighbours of the Bulgars and the um, the Sajid Turks. Wonderful. Okay, so is all that clear in your head? Yeah. Good, because that's all there is. Yeah. That's all you need to know for now. <laughs> that's all you need to Wonderful. know. Wonderful. Theodore is sat around a map trying to figure out all this himself. It's like, what on earth is going on here? The political landscape is all over the place. The poor people drawing up the political map. It, oh, having oh. a nervous breakdown. They don't even have that many coloured pens. Just that we've run out of Crayola. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's terrible. Because back then uh, they then, had three colours, so it's quite tricky. Well, then then word comes through, uh, because it's around this time that Alexios Monobrow is executed, and then Alexios III is captured. Like I said before, that happens roughly this time. Uh, Alexios III is forced to abdicate the throne. Um, the best bothered Theodore too much. It's fine by him. Oh, well. uh, the next news in this rapidly evolving time is that the Latin Emperor Baldwin had been captured... Fighting the Bulgars and Epirus. Ooh, that's a bonus. Yeah, that is. But his brother Henry had taken over. This um, is the same Henry who had recently soundly defeated Theodore. Ah, he knows what he's there. doing. He- Damn it. Yeah, it's Henry, it's Henry who had come over. Henry's, Henry seems, if anything, a bit better than his brother. This, this isn't good news. But this is some good news. Because guess who they just capture... I won't make you guess, there were too many people. Yeah. We'll be here all day. But it's Manuel. <laughs> it's only only ruddy, bloody Manuel. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Theodore captures Manuel, or Manuel just turns up at the um, at Nicaea, uh, just talks to him. It depends how you read the source. Uh, I'd like to think Manuel just turned up. 
just strolled through the gates one day, flicked his cigarette to one side and just said, I am here. Take me. Yeah. <laughs> and all the women went, yes, please. <laughs> uh, but, uh, if, but no, he was dragged to to the palace in Nicaea to talk to, uh, to, talk to Theodore. Anyway, Theodore talked to Manuel. Um, and not just talking to Manuel, but also Manuel's very interesting son-in-law. Because his son-in-law was a man named Caicosaur. 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 Sounds like a dinosaur. Butchering that pronunciation, I know I will be. Um, but the reason why Caicosaur was uh, very interesting is because he used to be the Sultan of Rum before oh. Arslan took over. Okay. Yeah. So Theodore comes to an agreement with Manuel. It's like, stop causing trouble here, go off with your son-in-law, and why don't you take over? Get rid of Arslan, Caicosaur can be back in power, and just don't forget that I let you go. Just remember this favour, alright? Yeah. In the future. Stop causing me trouble, we can be friends. So, off Manuel and Caicosaur go. Off to overthrow Arslan. Hmm. And uh, long story short here, uh, it works. Hey. Arslan is overthrown. Caicosaur is back as sultan. Manuel now has the Sultan of Rome to back him and his quest to try and become the Roman Emperor. Good. But Theodore's got a, a, a favour in his back pocket, so hopefully this will work. Um, now... By this point, the threat of the Sultanate seemingly neutralised, and also the loss of the Latin Emperor, Theodore's popularity in the region really starts to grow. Many start seeing Theodore as the next Emperor. In an attempt to seem more legitimate, Theodore writes to the Patriarch. Now, the Patriarch had fled Constantinople, along with most people, um, but he had not gone to Nicaea. He's just hanging out in his own house. Um, so... Theodore invites the patriarch, come to come to Nicomedia and um, let's have a chat about maybe you crowning me emperor. The patriarch writes back, no, thank you. I'm, I'm not getting involved in all this. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, no, 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 yes. no. <laughs> but then Theodore, undeterred, uh, decides to proclaim himself emperor anyway. We'll sort out the coronation later. I am now the Roman emperor, officially, he says. <laughs> and just... 20 other heads from all the emperors just turn around and go, you sure about that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's a bold move. Um, but, I mean, he is arguably one of the most uh, powerful claimants at this time. Yeah. So claiming himself as emperor, that sounds good. But this is now officially putting him in direct uh, opposition to Henry, the emperor of the Latins, because they're both claiming to be the Roman Empire. But what's he going to do with this new Roman Empire in exile? Maybe take the word empire off your, your name. Or make your empire better so it deserves the title of empire. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's get the capital back. It's very hard to say we're the Roman Empire when we've lost Constantinople. Yeah. And without yeah. an empire. Exactly. So let's do that. So they start thinking about how they could get the, the capital back. But before they do that, Theodore, he wasn't an idiot. He realised they needed to do a couple of things first. First of all, he really needed a port on the Black Sea. If he's going to invade Constantinople, he needs to be able to approach from the Black Sea. It's, it will just be easier. So what we'll have to do is we will have to move north, attack the Trebizond Empire, and capture a port city. Hmm. Make sense? Yep. If he could take that port city from the Trebizond Empire, he would have that base of attack. 
to attack either the Latins or the Trebizons. However, if Theodore knew this, then so did David Komnenos in Trebizond. Hmm. So to try and gain the upper hand, Trebizond just invaded Nicaea first. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Theodore's busy drawing up these plans, and suddenly in comes Roger to tell him that Trebizond are, are invading. Oh, and by the way, uh, the Latin Empire has kind of given them some extra troops, because they've both decided they don't like you. Uh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which was probably Theodore's response. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, okay. Um, oh, well, what's that? Manuel's back. Great. Does he remember the promise, the, mm-hmm. the favour? No, no, he doesn't. He is now just trying to build up his own rebellion again. Yeah. He's claiming he is actually the emperor. So that whole remember the favour thing <laughs> didn't work. Great. I'm emperor. No, I'm emperor. I'm emperor. It really is like that at the moment. Anyway, we get very few details, uh, but things actually go well for Theodore this time. Okay. Um, He travels north first, and he manages to defeat the incoming Trebizond forces. Hey! He was then able to swing down south and very quickly bump into Manuel. Oh. Now, Manuel was leading this, obviously, but it was being funded by the Sultan of Rum, his son-in-law. So a large number of uh, Turkish mercenaries were fighting. So big battle takes place, but again, no real details apart from the fact that Theodore wins. Hey! So he's managed to go north, win, go south, win. That was touch and go for a while, but that that's good. Um, so to keep the peace in the region, he allows Manuel to control two forts in the area. Uh, but just don't just cut out trying to start your own empire, all right, Manuel? Seriously, I know you're really cool and everything, but just cut it out. And the cigar. I will abstain. <laughs> so there you go. Everything's, everything's looking good. Uh, there's some debate when Theodore declares himself emperor, by the way, because if it didn't happen when I said it did last time, it's definitely happening now. In fact, I'll quote here. He put on the red buskins and was proclaimed emperor of the Romans by all the eastern cities, bar those in Trebizond. What the hell's a buskin? Like like shoes, shoes. Oh, okay. I I always picture them as like bunny rabbit slippers. Red shoes. So it's a bit like the Pope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got the same thing here. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's good, isn't it? Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. He, he was being invaded by two fronts. He managed to put them both down. Mm. And now either the sources get confused here, or it just shows how chaotic the times are, because then Trebizond invade and were defeated again, and then Manuel revolted again. And was put down again. It's probably confusion. I think that might be confusion. Yeah. I don't think it happened twice, but I, I checked several times the source that claimed it happened <laughs> twice. It was it's like, you're definitely yeah. saying it happened twice, but a lot of fighting's yeah. going okay, on. Okay, okay, I abstain again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a really strong sense of deja vu yeah. for Theodore that week. Yeah. <laughs> sure, we've done this. But then something happens that definitely only happened once. The patriarch dies. Big news. Oh, oh my goodness. No, yeah. not the Patriarch. Well, the Patriarch dying is big news because now they need a new Patriarch. Yeah. Who's going to appoint the new Patriarch? Me, shouts everyone. <laughs> yeah. All the hands go up. Uh, I'm yeah. Emperor. No, I'm Emperor. <laughs> I'm Emperor. Yeah, it's a little bit like that. Um, so I imagine this could go either well, either one of two ways. Either that they'll have to agree, kind of, which creates an element of stability, tension, but stability, or it just goes to crap again. 
It's number two, isn't hazard, it? Hazard a guess. Yes, it's number two. It's definitely number two. Of course, it's number yeah. two. Yeah, the patriarch was dead. Our, our quote here, ending his days as a vagabond in exile. Oh, I was walking around not doing anything. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so um, Theodore can no longer claim that his being emperor is legitimate because he kept telling people the patriarch's on his way to crown me honest. Well, there's now no longer a patriarch. So he knows what he needs to do. Patriarch's dead. A new one could crown him. All he needs to do is appoint the next patriarch, and that patriarch can then crown him. Easy, yeah? Yeah. So, he writes to the Pope. Ooh. Any chance? <laughs> now, hear me out, hear me out. Don't, don't, don't throw the letter away. I can tell you're about to throw the letter away. Just keep reading. Keep reading. Any chance you can give me permission to authorise the Orthodox clerics to elect a new patriarch of Constantinople. Signed, Theodore. P.S. Please, 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 please. I am assuming the Pope got as far as any chance. No, no, <laughs> and then the letter was thrown away. Yeah, yeah it was never going to happen. Uh, I mean, the, the Pope had no reason to let this happen. Predictably, the letter was ignored. But this was Theodore pointing out that it should be him doing this. He's the rightful emperor. He's not going to sit by and just not do it because yeah. he knows people won't let him. He'll kick up a bit of a fuss about it. Um, meanwhile, Henry in Constantinople was also facing problems. Now, the idea eventually was to bring the city under the Catholic West unify the church but apparently a lot of people in the city opposed this for some reason just turning up and saying right we're all catholic now um yeah (laughs) just by just from one person just just like a shop owner saying so how many wills are there (laughs) no (laughs) yeah it was just rugby tackled slammed into a wall no just stop stop Uh, Yeah, seeing uh, this was going to be tricky, it was decided, you know what, let's just leave that for now and let's just just appoint a patriarch. Hmm. But an orthodox one. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Right, Theodore gives up on the idea of appointing a patriarch for this point. It's not going to work. Instead, what he's going to do is he's going to get that port city he wants. Um, yeah, he never got a chance to do his invasion, did he? So he's going to go north and he's going to take Heraclea Pontica which is a port city on the Black Sea. To begin with, this invasion seemed to be going well. He managed to take a couple of small cities in the area on the way to Heraclea. Excellent. But unfortunately for Theodore, David of Trebizond had recently made an alliance with the Latins. Again. When does an empire become an empire? Do you have to invade cities or do you count countries? If you count countries, how many? It's a good question and I don't think there's an answer. Or is it a self-imposed thing? Like, this is now I think now it's a empire. self-imposed thing. Yeah. I think so. I mean, yeah. from this yeah. episode, obviously it's self-imposed. Yeah, definitely. I am an emperor. You ruled a city. Pretty much, yeah. But if you've got to be the next Roman emperor, you've got to be calling yourself an emperor to begin with, don't you? So. Hmm? Right, anyway, so, um, yeah. Unfortunately for Theodore, David of Trebizond had recently made an alliance with the Latins yet again. And when it became clear that the port city was in danger, the Latins sent food and supplies via the sea, and more importantly, forces over land. Now, Theodore's got a choice. He either continues and tries to get this port city but expose his rear. Or he could yeah. swing round and try and attack the Latin forces. What's he going to do? Well, you don't want to get your bottom out in public. I mean, exactly. It's embarrassing, isn't yeah, it? So, so he swings round yeah. uh, and faces the Latin forces. The Latins got news of this and decided to retreat. We've done what we needed to do. Um, Heraclea will now be able to get back up and running and get support, uh, but we don't need to put our lives on the line for Trebizond. So there we go. We, we did what we said we'd do for the Alliance. The alliance. And uh, this does, in fact, work. The forces of Trebizond were able to use this distraction to go and get those few towns back 
and punish anyone who capitulated to Theodore. So Theodore loses at any games that he makes. Oh. Yeah. And then whilst he was trying to deal with this, the Latins swoop in and take a couple of his major cities as well. So all in all, the invasion did not go well. No. He actually lost land. Oh. Yeah, so not great. So you could argue his empire has shrunk. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, very much so. It's, uh, it's really not going well. But Theodore's not about to give up. Um, he wrote to the Tsar of the Bulgars, any chance would you like to invade the Latin Empire? Because that would be really great right now mm. if you want to do that. P.S. Please, 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 please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this time the letter got as far as any chance do you before that one was thrown away, but not because the Bulgars hated the idea, but because they loved the idea so much they didn't need any encouragement. What's that? Easy pickings, Latin Empire. Let's go. <laughs> so the Bulgars invade once again. Henry is forced to pull his Latin troops out of Asia and back into Europe once more, and Theodore was able to start taking the land that he lost back. So as you can see, there was a lot of forward and back movement going on here between the empires. Yeah. In the end, however, it was decided maybe everyone just needed a bit of a breather. Yeah. <laughs> this is getting very chaotic. The poor guys trying to draw the maps, are, they are... Yeah. All over the place. One of them had a nervous breakdown. I mean, they're starting to blend the colours now. Yeah, it's just not working. It's just uh, not enough crayons. There's there's no sick pay whatsoever, so they're no. still trying to work through it, but they've, mm. they 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 need a break. Yeah. So, how about a two-year truce? No one does anything for two years. Do we all agree? <laughs> two years, we can all just chill out a little bit. Because I guess, I guess that makes sense, because every, every element in this has something to lose. So it's like, yeah, a bit of yeah, stability, yeah. chance to... Build Less. forces to... Exactly. So many moving parts. Everyone's on the back foot. No one feels strong. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and, that's and just... So this is a two years of politics, right? Well, um, no. Guess how long the truce lasts for? Uh, six weeks. <laughs> Slightly better than that. Um, oh. Just under one year. Okay. Uh, it would appear, though, I mean, you've got to trust the sources here, and uh, we don't get many, but it would appear it was the Latins that broke the truce. Because they started raiding into Theodore's Nicene Empire. Um, an annoyed Theodore wrote another letter to the Pope at this time, saying something along the lines of, Seriously, can you sort your Catholic crusaders out? They claimed that there was a truce on, but uh, they, they just keep raiding my land. So he also suggested a creation of a buffer state at this point between the Latins and the Nicenes. Okay. A demilitarised zone sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, once again, the letter was completely ignored. By the Latins, though. Uh, but then a change did happen. In fact, it happened over the last couple of years. Slowly but surely, more and more important people from the old empire were moving into the Nicene region. Those from the old empire started to see this as the true successor state. And enough of the clergy and the high up of the Orthodox Church now actually resided in Theodore's realm. Mm. That they suggested that Theodore simply announced the election of the new patriarch. Ooh. Okay, says Theodore. Let's let's see if this works, shall we? <laughs> Give it a go. So, a council of Nicaea was arranged, and yep, yeah, they sure enough they chose a new patriarch. Uh, who's this? Oh, someone who happens to be related to Theodore's chief advisor. That will do. Perfect. Um, his name was Michael Ortoranus, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Yeah, Michael was more than happy once he had been declared patriarch to declare the rightful Roman emperor as Theodore. Splendid, thought Theodore. Splendid, wonderful. Uh, this was somewhat debated by pretty much everyone else apart from the Nicene Empire. Of course. 
They, they did the whole, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> you, only a rightful patriarch can crown an emperor, and only a rightful emperor can approve a patriarch. Well, then you're in a bind. Exactly. <laughs> it's like we can all go around declaring each other patriarchs and emperors. Where will the madness end? <laughs> Was essentially the argument of everyone else. As, to be fair, a good argument. Yeah, at this point you get the feeling people stop just saying, I'm emperor, I'm emperor, and you start hearing things like, I'm patriarch, I'm patriarch, yeah. I'm emperor, <laughs> yeah. you're emperor, you're patriarch. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just getting very, very messy. Fighting has started up again. So sh- should we do another quick recap? Of where everyone is. As long as you won't add more. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not adding more. Okay. But it is important you understand. Okay, right. Theodore. Yes. He's now declared the rightful emperor and holds good chunk of the left of Anatolia still. Yes. That's good, isn't it? Yes. David Komnenos is still in charge of the top of Anatolia, the Trebizond Empire. Yep. Henry is now the Latin emperor. He's still got most of Greece and the area around Constantinople going into the top left of Anatolia. But the Bulgars and um, Epirus are really pushing him. Yeah. Michael Dukas has Epirus. Mm-hmm. Um, and around this time, Henry, so the Latin emperor, allies with the Sultanate of Rum. Oh. So Theodore's now surrounded. Yeah. So Theodore allies with the Bulgars. So the Latins are now surrounded. <laughs> okay. It's that's like where an we egg. Are. It, it's all, yeah, yeah, it's 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 all going to kick off. Uh, but you're clear where everyone is, yeah? Yeah. Good, because it's all about to change. Um, <laughs> yeah, all the little skirmishes from the previous years were coming to a head. The big major war's coming. Everyone can sense this. It's a time to pick a side. It's time to see who is actually going to form the, the next Roman Empire, Just, because it's going to be one of us. This sounds a bit like when we're doing our American presidents and... Is people picking a side when they're voting for who's going to run for president? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only with more swords. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so Theodore writes to the Tsar of the Bulgars once more. Um, that alliance um, that we've uh, organised, we might need to call on you quite soon. It's, uh, it's all about to kick off. So do you mind distracting the Latins for a while? Hmm. So the Bulgars are contacted by Dukas of Epirus in the left of Greece. We know that you're really fed up with the Latins in Greece. We're really fed up with the Latins and want to loot the area. So why don't we attack at the same time? Maybe you'll even be able to get the city of Thessalonica back. One of the major cities of the empire. That'd be good, wouldn't it? It'd be ideal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Michael Dukas of Epirus thinks that's a good idea. Meanwhile, Theodore would use this huge distraction to attack Constantinople itself. Nice. So he's going to get the capital back. It's a solid plan. And to begin with, it worked. The Bulgars and Michael Dukas kicked up enough fuss that Henry was drawn out of the capital city, and Theodore sends a fleet towards the old capital. But then, news comes through. Alexios III is invading Nicaea from the east. <laughs> he's back! <laughs> <laughs> yes, pretty much the answer there. Yeah, that, that was definitely yeah, but what? <laughs> but he he was he was in print what uh? I get the feeling Theodore looked at his uh, his table with a big map on with all the different colour coordinated parts so he knew where <laughs> everyone was and someone says Alexios 3's invading and someone, his piece isn't even on the table. Just, <laughs> where the bloody how did he come from? I, so I like to think that the messenger whispered it in his ear. 
He then looked to the map writers who were stressed anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like peak peak levels of stress. Yeah. And then he slams a drawer open, pulls out a turquoise figure, map, slams it on. Map the... colours go wild. <laughs> oh yeah, weeping. Absolutely weeping. They were. <laughs> right, okay, so so what's going on here? Where, where, where the hell has Alexios 3 come from? Yeah. And this is why I didn't go into Alexios 3 post-Emperor, because it would have kind of ruined this part. Yeah. So... Yeah, a couple of years earlier, Alexios III had attempted to escape Latin imprisonment and flee to Epirus because he Ah. happened to be very close with Michael Dukas. However, it failed. He got caught. Still, a few years later, the Latins realised they could actually make some money by uh, ransoming this uh, ex-emperor. And he's close with Michael Dukas from Epirus, so, oi, Michael, they said... Uh, I know you're really annoyed with us, but how about you give us lots of cash and we'll let your mate go? Sounds good. So, Michael Dukas coughs up the money. Alexios III is released, and where does he go? Don't know, because there's so many places. There's so many places. You'd think he'd go to Epirus, to the person who just freed him, wouldn't you? Well, that makes sense. On the left of Greece, but no, he doesn't. Instead... He heads to Nicaea to meet his son-in-law, Theodore, hoping that his son-in-law was still working for him. Like, thanks for holding the fort, but I'm back now. Yeah. Ha, was Theodore's response. Yep. <laughs> Remember when you abandoned me and your daughter when the Crusaders first turned up? Yeah. No chance, I'm in charge. Get out. Can't have lucky I don't throw you in prison. So Alexios III leaves and Theodore gets that turquoise figure and just slams it in the drawer. That's all over. Don't need to worry about him anymore, he thinks. However, Alexios III decided not to disappear into the obscurity of history, but on another course of action. Because years before, when he was emperor, he happened to baptise the Sultan of Rom. This is the same one that was then deposed, but then won his throne back. This is the same one who was the son-in-law of Manuel who is currently financing Manuel's frequent rebellions. Ah. In Alexios' eyes, him baptising uh, the guy means essentially he's his godfather, really, doesn't it? Uh, well, yeah, in, in it's, so it's, many words. His family. Yeah. His family. Kekostraw is it's like a son to him. So off to the Sultanate he goes. Yeah. I'm here to offer my services. Uh, and after all, he knew the Latins well by this point. He could do a lot to help the Sultanate, and the Latins joined forces against his good-for-nothing son-in-law in Nicaea. So Alexios was given a whole bunch of troops, and with Kekoshor, they invade. So this is Alexios III at the head of a Turkish army with the Sultanate of Robin Tay. Right. <laughs> then more bad news for Theodore. Because uh, you know how the idea was for Theodore to invade Constantinople? Yes. Whilst Henry was busy? Yes. Turned out Henry wasn't busy. Oh. <laughs> uh, he'd done all right and was returning to Constantinople anyway. The Bulgars and Epirus had not managed to detain him. Damn. So Theodore's got a decision to make. I mean, he, he knows the attack on the capital's useless and his territory is being invaded. So... He turns his attention away from the invasion of Constantinople and instead focuses on the invasion from the Sultanate. He spins round with speed, ordering his men not even to bring tents. Nothing that would slow them down. We need to get there, we need to get there quickly. Put that down, you don't need a toothbrush. Why are you doing your shoes up? You don't need shoes. Yes. Weapons, drop need... them, you don't need them. Armour, <laughs> no! Don't be silly. You just need to go get them attitude, that's all you need. <laughs> you spirit. Yes. 
And maybe some CGI abs. I've seen 300. <laughs> It'll be fine. Glowing wolf. So off they go. And so it was that Kate Gosraw and uh, Alexios, who thought Theodore was heading up to Constantinople, were very surprised when one of their ambassadors suddenly turned up, just as they were about to attack one of the larger cities in Theodore's empire. Oh, hello. This ambassador had been picked up by Theodore recently and had then been sent towards Alexios and the Sultan with a message. The message was essentially, stop, because I'm here with my forces and I will attack you if you carry on. Well, Kekosor thought about it for a while and went, come on then, if you think you're hard enough. Uh, We've got far more troops than you do. Mm. So he draws his forces up for a pitched battle. Now, the numbers are really unreliable, um, but the only thing that the sources do agree on is that the Sultanate has probably about twice the number of men. Right. Yeah. Um, so this is going to be a hard win for Theodore, if indeed he can win. Uh, he has a very small number of Greek-Roman troops, but a bulk of his forces are actually Latin mercenaries. Remember, the... The area is lousy with crusaders, and crusaders just want to make money whilst they're over there, so they're not always loyal to the Latin Empire. They go where the book is. So these Latin mercenaries were good fighters. So maybe that might swing things. The battle began, and I will just quote here. The Latins, as in in Theodore's forces, opened the attack on the Sultan's forces, but the number of Muslims was great. Exhibiting deeds of strength and courage, nearly all the Latins fell. Although they slaughtered many thousands, having overcome the Latins, the Muslims easily got the better of the Roman forces. So, it's not going well. It's pretty not. Yeah, the the Turkish forces have cut through the Latin forces, who were his best troops. And Theodore's now just got his weaker Roman forces. Yeah. It's Jeff and his dog. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, of course, Jeff's dog is, in fact, a cow. Um... (laughs) But neither of them realise this. No. Jeff thinks it's a dog. Of course he does. And uh, the cow thinks he's actually a rock. (laughs) So he doesn't move. No. (laughs) Um, Anyway, (laughs) I, I carry on the quote. Since the Sultan had the upper hand, in the battle he sought out the Emperor, and someone pointed out to him that his enemy was in a tight spot. Then... He charged with great speed at the Emperor, trusting in the strength of his body. Each sized up his adversary. So we've got, apparently here, Theodore and Kekoshaw in the middle of the battlefield one-on-one. Theodore's not got the troops to protect him now. And Kekoshaw wants the winning blow. The Sultan struck the Emperor on the head with a mace, and he fell from his horse dizzied by the blow. Dizzied? (laughs) Yeah, he's got a helmet, he's got a helmet. Ooh, that was a bit of a ting. (laughs) Yeah. They say that the horse lost his footing because of the blow, but it might be the Sultan doubted a second blow. So, Kekoshaw's managed to knock Theodore off his horse and then knock the horse to the ground. Oh my goodness, right? Yeah, so he's on the floor, his army's defeated, the Sultan is on a horse above him. Victory. I'll continue. The Emperor, although unhorsed, however, stood on his feet, as if strengthened by a divine force. He drew his sword from his sheath, and as the sultan was turning from him, and incidentally saying, take him away, struck the hind legs of the horse. Ooh. Of a Krakushaw's yeah. horse. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sultan was so, like, yes, I won, take him away, he just wasn't paying attention. I'll carry on. The sultan was riding an enormous mare, and so he fell from it like a tower... And all of a sudden, he was decapitated, 
although by whom neither the emperor nor any of his company knew. So his head fell off. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. It, it does happen. It I happens. mean, there's sharp objects all over yeah, the place. Yeah. I mean, yeah, who knows how it happened, but his head fell off. In this, then, the emperor won a victory, although on the whole he was defeated, for he could not advance, left as he was with meagre forces. So I remember back in the day, if you killed the leader, you won. They were the well, rules. yeah, exactly. Oh, well, that, and that's kind of the rules here, because it was definite defeat they'd lost. But with Kekrasor dead, everyone decided, you know what, should we just call it a day? Yeah. We'll, we'll call it call it a draw. Time out. Yeah. Then both, like, we both defeated armies, most of your army. Both armies went to the same tea table, grabbed a cup of tea, sandwiches. Yeah, orange halves. Yeah. They picked soldier of the, the battle. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> Certificates. Both heads yeah. taken off. Yeah, it's good. Someone suggested that it was the taking part that counts, but he was run through with a sword. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Kekrashaw's son and successor, Cakeaxe, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. <laughs> That's his um, name, Cakeaxe. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, he took over and agreed to peace terms. A border between the Sultanate of Rom and Nicaea would be established. Of course he and did. Alexios III, by the way, hand him over, said Theodore. Yeah. So Alexios III is handed over and dies in captivity soon afterwards. Oh. So there you go. That's the end of Alexios III. I don't think he did anything in this episode to particularly gain him more points. He just uh, attempted a rebellion that failed. So, Despite this Pyrrhic victory uh, and losing most of his forces, uh, Theodore could claim to be the rightful emperor, and that claim was stronger than ever. Uh, he'd managed to defeat the Sultanate of Rom. Things were looking good. More and more Greek cities were turning to him. Uh, however, he was weak, and Latin Emperor Henry realised this and used the chance to invade from the north once more. Uh, Theodore, with his troops destroyed, could not stop more cities being taken from the north. So he's losing even more ground. But soon after this, with a new allegiance with the Sultanate, Nicaea and Rom invaded Trebizond. And this time they managed to win a victory, a significant one, because Theodore finally took that port town of Heraclea that he wanted. So they've now got a base of operations on the Black Sea. Not only this, this kind of knocks Trebizond out of the race. It's like no one considers them a serious successor state anymore. They're they're too weak. So, um, yeah, things, uh, things kind of calm down for a couple more years. So another quick recap. Henry, still Latin king, arguably the most powerful. Theodore is the Nicaean emperor, arguably the most powerful. <laughs> Trebizond's out the picture. Epirus, Epirus was about to change. Epirus had always been the weakest, um, but Michael Ducas was suddenly assassinated in his sleep, and his oh. brother took over. Oh. His brother, very annoyingly, is called Theodore, because of course he bloody is. Uh, so we're going to call him Theodukas to make it really clear. Thank you. <laughs> Theodukas was a much more ambitious man than his brother, and he did not want to squat idly by in the left of Greece whilst the fate of the one true empire was debated between Constantinople and Nicaea. Oh, no. Instead, he was going to snatch back what was rightfully the Ducas's. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Theodukas also had family ties to the Komnenos family as well, so he was Theodore Komnenos Ducas. He, he, he had a really strong claim. And he very quickly goes on the offensive. Against not just the Latins, but the Bulgars as well. No more allying with the Bulgars. Oh no, we are going to expand our land. Uh, And he does so rapidly. He also let Theodore know that the so-called patriarch that Theodore had set up would not be appointing bishops in Epirus. That is a sham patriarch. I'll probably get around to making my own one, a real one at some point. So as you can imagine, 
everyone's eyes suddenly shifted over to Epirus. Almost like sounds, I shifted over to uh, Frodo and Sam as soon as he put the ring on. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, everyone was looking at these for a while and then suddenly, whoa, what's going on with Epirus? Yeah, <laughs> everyone looks over there. Yeah. So Henry goes on the attack first, but before he could get there, he is assassinated. Poisoned. Whoops. Yeah. I'm not going to go into why, because that would take too long. Just know there was intrigue. I reckon he just ate a bad bit of fruit. Well, uh, his wife was blamed because... Um, She's a woman. ...misogyny of the, the, the Romans. Uh, the Latins, even. So, uh, anyway, all you need to know is that his brother Peter is declared emperor in Rome. And Peter heads off to take up the fight. However, Theodocus was waiting for him, and as soon as Peter entered his lands, Ducus was able to ambush him and kill him. So the Latins had lost two emperors back to back. I like to think on, like, Monday, one emperor gone. Tuesday, Wednesday, fine. Thursday, other emperor gone. It wasn't quite that quick, but it's it's in the grand scheme of things that quick. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's not good. The Latins are now looking the weakest they've ever looked. Uh, the regent, Peter's widow, named Yolanda, uh, realises this. It's like, yeah, we, we've got a, a kid in charge and I'm the regent and I am a woman and we all know what happens in history when that happens. Uh, we need some stability. Yolanda. Yolanda. Sounds very kind of American. Yeah, that is. It's probably not pronounced that way, but that's how it's written. It's Yolanda. Well, Yolanda um, decides something to ensure lasting peace between the Latin and the Nicene empires. What do you think she suggests? Let's stop. Yeah, but why? Why would they stop? Because we can help each other in our battles. And... No, 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 it's a marriage, Jamie. It's always oh, a marriage. I Theodore... am myself married. No, no, her daughter. Theodore would uh. marry Yolanda's daughter, Maria. Yolanda would marry Maria? No, no, no. Theodore would marry Yolanda's oh, daughter, Maria. But Theodore's yeah. already married. Well, no, something happened to that wife. We're not sure what. Okay. She either died or got chucked away because he's actually been married for the second time. Uh, we just kind of skipped past it. Oh. Theodore has just married a woman from Armenia for political re- reasons. Um, oh. But he then met this woman and hated her. Uh, <laughs> and also, he was then offered Maria, and that was a much better political alliance. So you know what? Let's uh, send the woman from Armenia packing, shall we? Let's pretend that didn't happen. Yeah. So, there you go. Um, so instead, he gets married to a girl in her mid-teens. And uh, peace is sort of... Uh, peace reigns for a while. Gets yeah, yeah, it's not good, yeah. is it? Yeah, he's uh, in his mid-40s. Oh, yeah. that's even yeah. worse. Yeah. Anyway, um, this, uh, this arrangement uh, pays its political dividends very quickly uh, because Yolanda then dies. Theodore wastes no time informing the Latins. Well, you know what that means. I'm now emperor. Hooray! Yay, emperor of the Latins and the Nicene Empire. Or we could just call it the Roman Empire. I'm now the Roman Empire. Uh, The letter goes on the pile of all his other letters that are just completely ignored by the Latins. They just ignore him. So tensions then start to rise between the empires once more because Theodore's not happy about this and it looks like a full-blown war is about to erupt. Uh, But by then, a new Latin emperor arrives. This is Robert of Courtney. Um, He apparently was the feckless son of Yolanda um, and was a bit of an idiot. But him being there was enough to establish peace because they still have that um, family tie through marriage. So we've got peace. um, And then uh, Theodore dies. Oh. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
I spent quite a long time just trying to find just one bloody sentence about how he dies, but nope, nowhere that I could find. He's just dead all of a sudden. And because, as you can imagine, there were so many moving parts, his death just kind of gets brushed aside by most yeah. historians. As oh yeah, Theodore dies, but this happens and this happens. He's in his late 40s. Nothing's mentioned of assassination or murder, so presumably he died of some kind of disease. Uh, I mean, that's most logical, ill and yeah. just to However, uh, yeah. however... However, I reckon rhino. Rhino. Rhino, which was actually Jeff's pet sheep that was actually a lobster. <laughs> it's got nipped on the toe. That yeah, got infected. Yeah. And then, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there we go. Uh, we started this tale with the Roman Empire fallen. That morphed into four warring states to take the name of the Roman Empire. And now there are only really three. Just to be clear at the end here, we've got the Latin Empire, which is now being ruled by an idiot and has lost almost all of its land, apart from that just around the city, because Epirus take advantage of this. Um, then you've got the Nicene Empire, for most of uh, Theodore's reign, seemed to be on the rise. And now we have Epirus being ruled by Theodocus, and that is expanding quickly. All of a sudden, from nowhere, it now seems like the favourite to win. So, uh... We'll see what happens next time. Oh, this is exciting. It's a shame you kind of know which one's going to win because it's the one we're following. But yeah. it'll be interesting to see how they get well, it's there. It's like watching a football league table. It's kind of like, yeah, we know yeah. Man City is going to win. <laughs> but how? How do they win? I don't know. Yeah. Okay, wait. Well, there we go. Um, that that was Theodore. Was that what you were expecting from this episode? I don't know. To <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, it's all a bit strange. Well, you kind of assume everything would fall apart and you'd just have feckless idiots. Yeah, well, but, yeah. But uh, Theodore didn't come across that way. But who knows, maybe we need to rate him. So let's do I, this. I, yeah, I think we need to, need to rate him. Fightius Maximus. Okay, Fightius Maximus, here we go. He did a lot of fighting. Yeah, he did. He did. I mean, he, he grew up running the Palace Guard. So, I mean, you kind of get some points maybe there. And then once he was... Emperor, or claiming to be emperor, he fought in many battles. Um, mm. But it is a very mixed bag, isn't it? He it won is. and he lost a lot. He, so he appeared to do kind of well, then lost, then lost, then lost, then lost, then lost, then really well at the end. Yeah, yeah. But let's not forget, he was always in a position of weakness. He started off with literally nothing but that, that bucket of slops that he put on his head to pretend to be a horse. Yeah. And he ended carving out one of the three likely successors to the Roman Empire. Um, and he, he he did that from nothing. I mean, that that is impressive. Let's not forget one battle that turned the tide was the one against the Turks, and um, that had a personal fight in it. He, he lost that true. battle, but then he managed to win it by fighting personally. And you can argue, did, did it really happen? These things usually yeah, are false when you've got leaders fighting one-on-one. -on -one. But I'll say this is one of the more likely ones that we've come across because we have multiple sources from both sides Ooh. claim that this roughly happened. Okay. Now, it should be said, I went with the coolest version. <laughs> uh, the most boring version was the two meet in the middle and Theodore just simply wins outright by... Um, just knocking the sultan to the ground but the him losing and then getting the horse legs that's just a better that's just a better tale it isn't is. it so yeah. yeah i think uh we'll go for that one um yeah i'm more comfortable saying than usual that a one-on-one -on -one fight against leaders took place in this case yeah so i definitely think he should get points for that I think so. um but i mean he does he kind of he, he, i feel like you can't go too high because he kept losing but he certainly can't go too low because he 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 yeah. scraped this empire out of nothing through fighting. 
I think he deserves um, more than five because he. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. He did um, more than that, and um, how often do we get an emperor fighting? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And a one-on-one fight at the. Oh, yeah. it's like a cinematic. I'm seven. I th- seven. Do you know? I think that's a very fair score. I'm going to match it because I agree with that wholeheartedly. I'll go with seven mm-hmm. as well. Okay, he doesn't really get anything here, I don't think. I mean, he just seems very sane. There's no crazy stories. I, we are um, struggling for sources in this time, by the way, even though it's so complex. Uh, that doesn't help. Uh, but this is, this is literally the only thing I managed to find, and I will quote. He was fierce in battle, but prey to his temper and sexual pleasures. Mm-hmm. Most generous with gifts... He would give much gold to whomever he wished, so those people became wealthy overnight. That's pretty much the only thing about his character that isn't about him ruling or fighting battles mm. that I could find. So apparently he had a bit of a temper. He liked doing it. Um, and he quite often gave away gold. There's nothing crazy can we, there. Can we really give points for that? I mean, not with a story no. going with it, I don't think. I don't think we can. Can you think of anything he did at all? So, like you said, all the, all the sources are... Basically, he he threw his father-in-law in prison and then let him die. Fair enough. But his father-in-law had been a bleep to him most of his life. Yeah. So there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. And he let he let him go, didn't he? So no, I don't think we can give him anything. No, I mean, I, I got one point for anything. I I could argue one whole point between us. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All. What for? <laughs> Just because. Yeah, it feels like he deserves. He, Something in this round for just generally. Let's give him one between us. One between which us. Which we've never done. Yeah. This is a new for yeah. the Talus ranking. Yeah. <laughs> Episode 156. Okay, <laughs> that is uh, 0.5 each, yeah. making one. Um, okay. Success ultimate. Okay, I mean, you can argue this is definitely more his round here. Yeah. I'll quote again He endured much hardship in battles, both against the Italians and the Persians. He made a beginning for the Roman Empire, for which the Romans owe him much gratitude. He, he looks like he's trying to get it back on track. And yeah. he is I succeeding mean, with that. If it wasn't for him, our podcast would have now ended. Yeah. Or it would have been different. Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe we'd been following Michael Dukas from Epirus or David Komnos. Or maybe we'd just say that Baldwin was the next emperor because he was in uh, yeah. Constantinople. And World War II uh, wouldn't have happened, so... Yeah, exactly. And nor would uh, Domino's Pizza. Yeah. But everything else would have been the same. Yeah. Weird. Um, yeah, the the reason why the fall of the Roman Empire is not set at 1204 is arguably because of him. He gives the empire a couple of hundred more years. Which is so quite an some... achievement from you have nothing. <laughs> literally yeah. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, if, 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 if we are going from start point to end point, the empire has literally fallen and it is him wandering the wilderness with him and his three daughters. It's like if the empire was, and a, then he manages to. Yeah, if the empire was a scarf, this is the thread, at the end mm-hmm. of that scarf. He's just holding on to it. Yeah, so I mean that that's impressive. But then at yeah. the same time, it's not like he did rebuild the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire at the end <laughs> of his rule is task, still. Though, to build yeah, but the Roman empire, empire at the end of his rule is still the weakest we've ever seen the Roman Empire. It's not even called the Roman Empire anymore. Oh. But the fact he. It's a rump state. But that's better than it was. So it was better than it was. So again, I'm I'm I'm, I'm definitely more than five. But am I in the big numbers? I'm not so sure. I I would give him a five. Oh, you're you're only going five, are you? Um, I'm going higher. I'm, I, I'm giving I'm him five because there's context. However, it's not a whole empire. It's small state almost. 
and that's oh, why yeah. I'm reducing it because I can't comparing him to somebody different. It's hot. I know. It's yeah, I'm context. You know? I'm gonna go for six. I'm gonna go slightly above. Okay. Um, but yeah, six. Image face. We've actually got description. Ooh. This doesn't happen very often, does it? I will quote here. He was small in body, but not too much so. Quite dark-skinned, with a flowing beard forked at the end. <gasps> Forked beard! Yeah. And in his later life, slightly asymmetrical eyes. <laughs> Droopy eyelids. So, uh, so there you go. He, he, had, he had wonky eyes and a forked beard, and uh, he was quite small, but not too much. Quite dark-skinned. There you go. Any images? Uh, well, uh, yes, it's the same uh, manuscript style that we've had a while now, and that's how we're going to write to the end. Um, if you want to check his Wikipedia page, that's where you'll find it. Oh, look at that beard. He's got curly, curly bits. Curly fort beard. And they did a good job at doing his uh, slightly asymmetrical eyes, because <laughs> one is definitely higher than the other, yeah. but that might just be the dodgy drawing. Oh, <laughs> the sunken um, water. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I'm quite liking that. There's a lot of... Um, Braids in the hair, big curly beard. I mean, the forked beard is good. I mean, that's I'm points. impressed with the that's forked beard. That's definitely that. points. It's pretty solid. I like it. Yeah. I'm going six. Because I... it's it's not amazing. It's nothing new, but um, the forked beard does it for me. So Six. I would probably match that, actually. Because I was thinking six or seven. So I'll go with six. Twelve. Oh, okay. Four is three. That is three for this round. Okay, finally. Temple completed. How long do you think? Um... 10 years? 16. Oh, wow. Okay. From 1205 to 1221. That, in such a time of turmoil, 16 years is impressive. That's very impressive. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the Latin Empire had three emperors and a regent under that time. Mm. Trebizond had sort of two rulers that ruled together. I only bothered mentioning David Komenos, though, because they were a bit player. Um, and then Epirus obviously had a couple. So that stability obviously helped Nicaea, the fact that he, he was able to be stable. Yeah. But as we find out next episode, his uh, succession plan was not necessarily the best. Because oh. <laughs> I've not mentioned a single successor, have I? Nope. No, so you'll just have to wait and find out who takes over the Nicaean Empire afterwards. Um, but what what are your predictions now you see which way it's going? First of all, what's the score for tempo? <laughs> oh, sorry, it's two. I got distracted. That is a score of two. Um, I think okay. it'll be a fight to... For it. I don't think he's... I get the impression he didn't choose anybody because he didn't think he would die. So. Well, do, do you think out of the, uh, the empires that are fighting to be the restored Roman Empire... I think it's a given that the Nicene one's going to win eventually because that's the ones we're covering. But how long do you think it's going to take them to do it? How many emperors? It's either the next one or it's going to be uh, quite a few. <laughs> In other words, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll see. We'll see. My You'll bets. get to play the can you guess which uh, emperor claims it back. That's yeah. what we'll play. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Did you uh, add up the score? Yeah. And what's he got? Uh, 31. Not bad for uh, not actual Roman emperor because the Roman Empire's fallen. No. That is higher than most Roman emperors, I'd argue. So I th I think that's not bad. Because the, the, the situation at the time was so unbelievably bad. He did surprisingly yeah. well. <laughs> so. He did. Yeah. He did not do too badly at all. Uh, but that I mean, we might have a genuine question here. Let, let's, let's do it. Ooh. Do they have a certain je ne César? My gut feeling is yes. 
Are you going for a yes, are you? I am. I'll be honest, this is one of these rare cases where I've not decided. Usually I know, but I've not decided, so I can be swayed either way. And you're saying a yes. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to argue against an emperor who turns around utter defeat to just keep it gasping along. I mean, the empire flatlined. The zip had been done up on the body bag and it was being wheeled to the furnace yeah. to dispose of the body. And along comes Theodore to just do one more chest compression yeah. just in case. And a twitch. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean... There's a, there's a very weak uh, heartbeat at the moment. Yeah, so that that's it's pretty impressive. Um, I don't think he'd do too well in the chariot race at the end, but... No, but he's a fan of chariot racing, so you never know. Might put spikes was, on his wheels. He yeah. was. You know what? Fair enough. Uh, I'm willing to give it to him okay. if you yeah, are. Let's winning. do it. Well done, hey. Theodore. You have Jeanne César. Pop, pop. Bang. Woo. Excellent. Right. Well done. Wow. There we go. That is... Uh, uh, we're back. We're back with the Romans. Yeah, Here we, we are. go. I've broken the back of this one. Getting my head around <laughs> all of that was fun. <laughs> I think I now know where we're going. Yeah. I think we now... Uh, yeah. So... <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine the effort trying to research this. Oh, it's, it's the hardest thing was trying to go. No, it's Theodore. It's Theodore. It's Theodore. Stop trying to cover all the emperors at once. That will be a mess. But you do need to know what the others are doing, yeah. otherwise it makes no sense. And trying to get the back. Oh, yeah. This was uh, this goes down as one of the hardest ones mm. uh, to do. But it's fine. It's all good. I enjoyed researching it. Well, all that's out of the way now. It'll be an easy yeah. street from now on. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> it, it just becomes really simple. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Start of next episode, they all consolidate yep. into like one monthly easy repayable plan. And uh, <laughs> it's it's so simple. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. And um, thank uh, you for downloading us on Poppin, iTunes, and Stitcher. And uh, thank yes. you, followers on Facebook and Twitter. Good. And, and thank you very much for everyone who supports us. And thank you also for. Um, uh, all the kind messages with the, the the break we've had. Still not quite ready to go up to the release schedule that we had before, but I'm uh, hoping they are going to become more and more regular until we are up and running properly, which will be good. And we do have a fourth week episode in the bag, don't we, Jamie? Yeah, we do. Where where we play um, Would I Lie to You? Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's going to be fun. So that'll be out at some point yeah. as well. So there's stuff to look forward to. Anyway, right, we're rambling. So, thank you very much yet again, and until next time... I'm the Emperor. I'm the Emperor. I'm the Emperor. Goodbye. So, I've had a awful time looking at this map i have no idea what's going on it's just colors everywhere well it's quite simple sir um obviously this region here that's us the nicene emperor a good shade of royal yes purple. and this for we are the the rightful yes and i like the spally face that's very good yes yes the morale yes. Good thing. Um, so as you can see, I've, uh, we have wooden pyramids for every single legion that we have on the field. Um, so quite straightforward. You can see where all the troops are. It took me a while to yes. put together, but uh, I think you'll agree. It's easy to understand. Yes, we've got the big royal purple. That's us. And our pyramids where our troops are. Um, what about the rest? The rest, sir? Yes, the rest of the world. There's a lot of colours on there. Well, yes. I mean, I'd like to be thorough. Uh, what, what don't you understand? Um, this green splodge over here. I say splodge, it takes up most of the map.
Oh, well, that, that, that obviously is the Latin Empire, sir. Dirty, horrible green. Yes. Because they are not the rightful empire. Like yes. snot. Yes, like snot. That's yes. what I thought. And, and I like um, the yes. angry face as well. That shows there. Yes, the, the angry the face. And then this here, yellow, Epirus. Yes. Yes, down there. Like bile. And then we've got dark blue of the Borgars. Uh, blue, Borgars. Yes. And uh, and then obviously we've got the Sultanate of Rom. I went for a dark brown colour of Rom. Yes. Um, and, and then Trebizond... Uh, I was feeling a bit cheeky. Yes. I went for rosé. Ooh, yeah. interesting. Yes. 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 So, um, so there you go. You can see all the places. We've, I mean, best estimate where their troops are. Um, that seems fairly straightforward to me. Um, yes. I mean, there's a lot of overlap. Yes, yes. The brown's turning a bit purpley, and the, the green's a bit yellowy and, and purpley and brown. And yes, well, that I tried to blend where we weren't entirely too sure, obviously. And then, obviously, you've also got the Crimptons. The what? The, the Crimptons. Are they a family that I should know? I have no. Uh, yes, they're, 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 a, they're a, a tribe coming in from the north. I just thought we should be clear about that. Oh, and is that the pink? Oh, good, no, 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 of course not. No, no, no? the pink are the lozenges. Who? The lozenges. I don't have the a... imperial family. They they are rising up to say that they oh. are the. Uh, Wait, yes. is that the dark pink or the light pink? The light pink, obviously. The light pink, the lozenges. I mean, I don't need to explain to you. The dark pink, obviously, are the printons. So the dark pink of the printons, the light pink of the. Lo- so what's the kind of the the, the, the bluey pink up? The bluey pink, and I'm I'm glad you spotted that because that took me a long time to get that shade right. That that's Fred. Who's Fred? Well, I'm just concerned. He's making a lot of noise at the moment, and I don't want to take my off the ball. So, so I just know the threads in Thessalonica right now, and I just want to know where he is. He has a lot of land. A surprising amount, yes. So I thought I'd put that on there. Right. Why is there a picture of a sheep over here? Ah, that that would be the sheep. Ah, oh, that 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 makes sense. And that animal with a very long neck, yellowy coloured with spots. Ah, that that's uh, that's Alexios three. Well, he is long necked. Yes, he is long necked. So, as you can see, all the pieces are—they're all there. They're all moving. Um, it's, it's it's all very clear. Okay. What's the silver? The silver—that that would be the fish movements. Just in case we need to go fishing. But shouldn't fish be blue? No, the fish. I mean, obviously, the cod is blue. The silver is mackerel. But they overlap. Well, yes, obviously, sir. It's the the migration season. I didn't think I'd have to explain this. But they're little arrows. They're going in different directions. This is very confusing. Confusing? It's really quite simple. Look, I'll just break it down to you. So the purple is us, the green is the Latins, the yellow is Epirus, the rosé is Trebizond. You've got the light pink, the dark pink, and the brown, all indicating exactly where they are to, according to with the fish movements of the mackerel and the cod. If you look here, this is predicted eruptions for the nearby volcano and Santorini. What? And over here, uh, we are predicting a wide front coming from the north, and I'm fairly sure that maybe it will be uh, mild to unpleasant for the next three days. Oh, well, splendid. I, I, I do have one question. Um, I, are we going to win this war? I have no idea. Uh-huh. Let me just grab something, and I'll. Uh, I was happy to rate. <laughs> You're listening to the jazzy sounds of Tutelus Rankium. 
Since you left, do it. I don't Whole think I should thing. put it all. I think you should. <laughs> I'm feeling this. Right. Okay. <laughs>